Welcome. You're listening to The Pulse, the Merge podcast series that inspires clinical thought leaders to share best practices on their pursuit to delivering standards of care. Here's Todd Budka, founder and CEO of Merge. In today's episode, we're speaking with Nikki Tibbs, RN, IBHRE certified device specialist and EP specialty care nurse coordinator at West Virginia University Medicine Heart and Vascular Institute. Uh, Nikki, welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having me, Todd. Yeah. Hey, um, as we get started, I've been kind of looking forward to this conversation. You have been working now with me uh, and Merge for a number of years, and I'd probably say, A, I've created a friendship, uh, B, you've been one of our harshest critics, and probably C, you've been one of our uh, uh, biggest fans. And and so I, I thought it was deserving to have you come on today's podcast and, and the things that I've witnessed over the last few years and, and really learning from you and, and what you've been able to accomplish uh, at the clinics you're supporting. Um, maybe just quickly give a quick background of you know where you are today, um, maybe even how we met. That uh, would be awesome. So we um, actually met when we were researching, I was at a practice in Butler, Pennsylvania. We were researching uh, different vendors, trying to streamline our remote process. And we met up with you guys and you sort of blew it out of the water for all the other uh, companies out there that are offering this kind of service. Um, And I agree, we have created a friendship. Um, I am pretty uh, harsh on you at times, but you, your team and your, you know, are don't always, be, don't be so kind. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. I, but, you know, I, you... I, I loved you for everything that you've done to push our organization. I'll say that it, it is, uh, I'm interrupting you, but I can't tell you how important it is for us to surround ourselves with high clinical acumen and create and drive for excellence. And it's something that you've done for our organization and I'm forever indebted. I mean, I, I love you for it. So, so fast forward, uh, you know, you moved from Butler. Uh, I think we worked with you, we grew, we, I think a lot of things we optimized and then um, you were able to maintain a high standard of care even in the transition uh, uh, to merge. And then, and then you went somewhere else. And, and we were able to bring Merge into that health system, correct? Right. So I joined um, WVU Heart and Vascular in October of last year, and we started with Merge November 1st. It was a very quick, uh, you know, I had about one week to get my legs and my IT stuff set up, and then we were live. Off to the races. Yeah. 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 And, and how, how big is WVU? The WV medicine in itself is is huge. Um, it's has I think they're on hospital number thirteen. But heart and vascular itself is we have uh, four regions and multiple satellite sites, satellite offices, and the goal is to streamline and centralize remote monitoring for heart and vascular at WV medicine. Let me ask you this because I think we hear it a lot in. Uh... There's a, there is a need in the market in my thought process that, you know, outside services, if, if you don't have staff, you know, maybe you need temporary staff. But for the most part, the philosophy we've always founded this company on was healthcare organizations have great people. 
and, and typically they want to manage the patients themselves. And so we have great respect for that therapeutic relationship between the hospital and the patient. And, and we never want to come between it. And, um, you know, thinking that, you know, outsourcing when you've, you're fully staffed, that you, you need services to call people, it, it kind of, it, it's very costly uh, to, to outsource. And then, you know, what's the real benefit you're getting? If, I mean, if you don't have staff, it makes sense, right? You, you need somebody's help and you can do it. But, you know, I don't think you haven't uh, uh, needed outsourcing, even, you know, occasionally when you were shorthanded. Is that fair? That's fair. You know, I think outsourcing for a small number of practices, it could be beneficial and practical for them. But for the most part, um, if you take time to invest in your own shop and invest in your staff and take time to allow them to learn and grow as whether it's a tech or a nurse, it's certainly more beneficial to the patient to keep it within your practice. You know, I find that I would not be able to do read the remotes that I read without having access to the patient's medical record. It may be normal for patient A, but not normal for patient B. And I wouldn't know that unless I had access to their medical record and mm-hmm. medications and follow-up appointments and, and, you know, things like that. It seems like, you know, when we find people like yourselves that are passionate about this industry, about your patients and the solutions and care that you're providing, it's, it's everything that we try to promote and, and that we try to support and enable those hospitals to, to manage patients themselves. Back to some of the billing practices that you've, you've accomplished in, in kind of maximizing the reimbursement based on the care you've been given uh, or you're giving. You know, today, are you still at WVU managing all of your patients on the same calendar uh, date of service? We are not. Um, and that's just simply a preference of administration to keep them the way they were. But merge makes it easy for us to do that because we don't look at remotes as this is a billable remote today. Every remote that comes into merge is, you know, in our eyes, it's a, we're providing a service for this monitoring window and it's a 90 day monitoring window. So if a patient transmits for whatever reason at the beginning of their monitoring window, we will create a docket, even though that's not their quote unquote scheduled docket so that we have something to satisfy for billing, but we continue to provide their service, whether they send five times in the next 90 days or zero times until that final day of billing. And that's where I think is the key. Rather than waiting for that scheduled transmission to come into merge to create a docket for your billing, you know, satisfying your billing, you can, it can get really tricky there because sometimes patients aren't near their monitor that day, or maybe they left for the weekend or they're, they became disconnected for a few days. And if you miss that scheduled transmission, you're going to miss your billing window. There are so many clinics across the country that are managing remote patients the same they do for in-office patients. Like it is uh, they are grossly different, right? I mean, it, and it's, it's because of the behavior of an EMR. Um, like we constantly see this where, okay, I schedule you as a patient. I see you or I, the patient remotely transmits. 
I write up a report and I drop a bill. You know, it's because of that schedule. Well, the schedule, the date of service in an EMR is typically on the day that you're going to drop a bill. When I see you, I drop a bill. On day 91 is my scheduled day. That's when I can drop a bill. If the patient doesn't transmit, but they transmitted 30 times over 90 days, just not on day 91, clinics are not billing. Yet you've managed 30 transmissions and maybe wrote three to 10 reports to hand off to the doctor. So now you got staff work, physician work, hospital is resources and nobody's getting paid. <laughs> uh, it, and, and, and that's uh, shaping people's minds differently to think, hey, I did work. I saw 30 transmissions over a 90 day period, not on day 90 or day 91, but I saw them 20 days ago. And I can now drop a bill on day 91. You know, it, it, when we talk about that and, and, and we show people the work that they're doing and then how it can be automated, right, through the software, it, it really starts to, to shape people's minds that just focus on the clinical work, right? Just is it clinical or not? And, and if it isn't, then you can dismiss it. You can tee it up for a report that you can hold on to, right? A bunch of different things you can do in the software. But that mindset is is uh, um, often a difficult challenge for us when we go into new care, uh, clinics and, and how they've been doing something for a number of years, especially on some of the older software solutions. Um, the, they really uh, succumb to just scheduled dates of service. And uh, it, it's, it's great to hear you articulate it because um, you know often people get worried, well, are you getting paid? Right, and you know I, I agree that there is that mindset um, of if you don't get that report on day 90, you can't drop a bill. And I think that, you know, my very first practice that I had joined and I learned everything, all EP devices, it was a time when remote monitoring was very new and there was no such thing as leaving your monitor plugged in all the time. You know, you, we get, you had to give them dates, they had to plug in, they had to transmit, and then that was the day that we billed. And yeah. that's where that comes from. And now that patients are able to stay connected 24 yeah. seven, that means now we are monitoring 24 seven and we need to move to that mindset of a billing window. And I think as, as those older devices phase out and their, you know, their devi devices are being implanted with the ones Would that are connected. Wireless. Yeah, yeah that, that will, I think it'll, clinics will slowly get there. It's yeah. just, it's just a mindset from older generations of devices. And yeah. we, mm -hmm. when we, I was at my previous practice, we're still, we, we still have some bumps here because it's still fairly new at WVU. We're trying to hammer out some of the billing, but mm -hmm. it's not because we're not, uh, it's not an issue with the 91 day issue. It's just, a, it's more of a manual process right now. But when we were at Butler, we were being reimbursed. Everyone was billed on the same day. It was a quarterly billing. We had no issues. Um, we were seeing almost 90% of our, you know, a return on our billing. Yeah, that, that's, that's pretty sound. I think vast majority of the clinics where we've automated their billing, it's a, we're hearing they're, they're in the single digits, low single digits on a rejection rate from Medicare. And uh, so we can't mitigate everything, but, you know, software can do a lot and, and can help capture that. And, and really it's in the spirit of, like you are highly clinical. Use your mind on what you do best, which is provide care, not 
when did I build last? When did I see them last? When did they come in office last? Should I build? Should I build, you know, did I build last week? Should I build two weeks from now? Like they, that all enters a lot of people's minds when they got a transmission and they haven't even thought about, okay, well, is there battery, lidocaine sensing thresholds, arrhythmias, you know, all of that stuff comes into play, much less to think about the administrative piece. Like try and remove the administrative piece from this process and just focus on the clinical piece. Um, is core to what I think we try to do to remove friction from this process. And uh, and we're seeing it, uh, and, and I think <clears throat> your clinics, hopefully you're gonna benefit from that through the integrations we're building. And then uh, some of the others we've already established, It's uh, it, it works and, and it's exciting to see. You know, I'm so grateful that you guys are so open to you know, feedback from your customers because everything that I've come back to you and said, Todd, we need to, let's look at this. Um, mm -hmm. You're like, okay, let's get on the call. Let's let's put some people together and let's talk about it. Um, and that mm -hmm. just doesn't happen every day. Uh, you know, if you look at just, you know, vendor sites, the care link, the latitude, when there's a problem, you call tech and they're like, oh, that's a glitch in the system. And you, you never know when it's going to be fixed. They don't take your feedback. Um, and, and, you know, you guys are so responsive to us and and asking us what we want, what we want to see and how how can we make it better for our customers? And that's just so awesome. It's pretty imperative, right? I, I think when we started the company, it was putting ourselves in your shoes in the clinic, right? Whether the patient is sitting in front of you or you've got a window of 20 minutes to rip through multiple device checks that are on the remote sites, like time is of the essence in a, in a clinic environment. And uh, and oftentimes, I, I think your uh, role is pushed and pulled in, in many directions. Um, and so something's got to work. It's got to work efficiently. It's got to be highly clinical. And uh, and ultimately, it results in great efficiencies and hopefully great, great, uh, great patient care. Um, you know, kind of coming to the end here a little bit, but you know, if you think about, you know, your peers across the country, would you have any advice? If you if there was one thing you wanted to say to anybody, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but around the CIED management and running a program, um, you know, what do you think you or your peers appreciate most uh, about this type of care for implantables? Well, geez, Todd, you are putting me on the spot. That was sort of two questions. You know, I I love devices. I think that it's sort of, you never know. It's it's kind of like a nurse who works in the ER. You never know what's going to walk through the door. It's the same sort of concept. You just never know what you're going to get when you log in that day. You know, how many shocks or how many arrhythmias or news onset AF. Um, I, you know, I like sort of uncovering issues and figuring out the problems and helping the patient get what they need ultimately in the end. You know, I think that for clinics across the country, if they were looking to sort of maximize, I think this starts all, it really does start at the very beginning. Someone has to be the owner. Someone has to be the, the person that can wrap their head around the entire process. And it starts at implant. It's connecting with your reps. It's getting those patients on monitoring. It's getting them that first transmission going and then it's sort of leave it and forget it and making sure that you have adequate staff to follow up on those disconnected patients, follow up on patients who haven't plugged in their monitors yet. 
you know, I think that's the key to success is clinics have to understand that just because the patient's not in front of you doesn't mean that what information is being sent to you isn't important and they have to invest in staff to support that. I think that was close to your question, right? Yeah, that works. No, no. <laughs> Set the foundations early, right? And and follow through. That's that's basically in summary what you're saying. It all starts from the, from the first step, right? At implant, set the tone and and establish uh, the standard your organization seeks. And I can tell you, the physicians at WVU they love the simplicity of merge. You know, when before merge was part of the system, you know, going into every individual chart and they had to put a little blurb in there that I reviewed mm. this, this, and this, and then they had to sign it, and then they had to drop a charge. And um, one physician in particular was like, oh, this is just so great. This just gives, frees up so much of my time. And they've been so appreciative, the simplicity of it on their end. And I hope that as we bring on other clinics, the physicians will also see a value in it as well. Yeah, that's always a goal of ours. I think we've we've done some really cool things also for physicians and clinicians on um, investing in security uh, with what we call federated user, some call it SAML. Uh, it, it fundamentally allows the healthcare organization to manage patients or patients manage their uh, staff access to the merge platform. So nobody has to remember another 13 digit password. In some instances, docs just need to log in once with their work email. Um, and then in other instances, we're starting to enable just the launching in context where it might be an epic as their work queue, but when they select it, it launches merge automatically. They don't need to re-sign in. So giving clinicians the look and feel that, hey, I want to always work in my EMR, but it's not always the most efficient thing for implantables and what you want to do. So if we can give you that feel and you don't have to remember a 13-digit password to get in and get access and do the things quickly and get out, I think we're also expanding upon hopefully the efficiencies for docs to really use the software and, and maximize their time and efficiency. So very cool. Nikki, thank you so much. Uh, I, I want to do this again. There's probably so many other topics we could go down. Um, I know that probably over the years, a probably little piece of my butt is gone because of you. And, and I appreciate that. <laughs> All in the spirit of, of being better and, 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 uh, supporting your needs. So again, I can't thank you enough for everything you've done for our organization to push us to be good uh, at what we do. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank, well, thank you. you for having me. Very cool. Thanks for tuning into The Pulse. For more information about Merge and how to improve your cardiac device management, visit Merge.com.